I, I heard a cat meow earlier. Was that a cat or one of you? Oh. That oh. was a shake Oh, that's a cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's fur flying in the air. There's Sim has two cats or one. No, cat. I have one cat. Tansen, who who's making sounds on your end? Just five seconds, bro. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Mad Mum Luke's. I'm Mahin and I'm joined by my co-host Sheikh Amr Saeed and Sim. And on today's show, we have the brothers from Boys in the Cave from down under in Australia. Um, I was expecting to see a kangaroo and a koala bear on the other side, but actually sees two brown guys. So welcome, <laughs> yeah, Tanzan and Josh. From what we're seeing as well. <laughs> <laughs> you y- y'all were expecting like some cowboys and Indians? Expecting like a desert in the background or something, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like Texas, like movies and stuff. But uh, still, still decent compromise. Alhamdulillah. No, I was expecting like a mixed congregation, like <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> oh, mixed, uh, oh, male and female mix. Uh, we do that. After yeah, the yeah, show. yeah. After the as show, you know, like all the stuff, like the wacky stuff you see coming out of America. As in, we just expected that <laughs> some thing. liberal Muslims praying, you know, male female side by side. You know how it is. It's all true. <laughs> you know how it is. No, we don't know how it is. It, it, it's actually like, it, it is all true. It is all true, and we do engage in it, but not oh, in no, public. No. So, like, I thought you guys protect yourself from it. What do you mean you engage you, You're in not it? supposed to flaunt your sins publicly. I don't know if you know about this rule in the religion. But I'll, real, real quick, since you mentioned it, I think you're alluding to the recent like tweet about ill Muslims. Hey, are you okay if we call out ill Muslims on the show, or are you like trying no, to like care. keep don't. them happy? That that's like a fair game. <laughs> fair, hey, I saw, everyone, yeah, everyone's that. kicking on <laughs> Kick them while they're down. So I've actually been to one of their events. Uh, how was it? Stuff for the love. So okay, so I, I, I'll, with you, Yaki. This was the year they launched. So you guys saw the video right on Twitter, like they did an interview yeah. about like you know, and people like just. So people like I think their this Twitter thing was like the first time a lot of people found out about who they were. Um, yeah. I know some people. I know Kamran Riaz gave an entire clip about them like two years ago, <laughs> exposing their like fascia. But uh, <laughs> I actually um, went to the, one of their first events in Chicago, uh, maybe their very first event. And I thought so. In two, this is 2014. I remember that day uh, because I picked up the Legend Blue Elevens. Uh, waited five hours in line for them, and then went. I was supposed to do something with my wife. And I ditched her to go to the Muslims event, and because a friend of mine were you going there to pick up women? No, a friend of mine. Then what the heck are you going there for? A friend of mine, because we, we, there was a youth conference the next day that I was organizing, and so my friend was like, "Yo, we can go to the Muslims event and get and like market our conference." <laughs> to this thing. So we get yeah, up like, there. Go to the club to do dawah. It was like, like a, it was an art gallery. Um, it was kind of tame. Um, it, there was definitely free mixing and all that stuff going on, which. I'm probably soft on, to be honest, out of the three of us yeah, in this me group. Too. You know, you're and soft th- on a lot of things, brother. <laughs> Anyways, and then that's uh, we'll but, save it for another but, podcast. But there were s'mores. There were s'mores there. Um, a lot of people I know that went there. Um, you guys I know was, what s'mores are? Do you guys know what s'mores are? It's like marshmallows. Yeah, marshmallows and marshmallows with Hershey's. <laughs> how does she? British accent. Chocolate. You. No, not chocolate. It's chocolate. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> But like so, there were s'mores there, and then like you know, there wasn't like dance, there wasn't like dance off or nothing. It was like there was music played, there was a DJ there, but it was like a social kind of. It, it's, it's like an after work mixer. You ever seen one of those? Yeah, things? yeah. I'm single, ready to be mingle. Right, but yeah. it, so it wasn't. Um, I feel like it got crazier after. Then I saw videos of like at Isna when the lights were out and like 
chicks were grinding on each other. Whoa, they're grinding each other? And dudes. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Temperatures just got hot in here. You know, Tell us more, my brother. So, like, uh, Mort and I actually do want to go to an ill Muslims event and again, maybe, like, vlog it. And see, just Wait, like, what, what were you oh, why would about? you, why, no, no, why no, would no. you vlog it? Sir? What would you do? Like, call people out? No, just investigative. Ask me what, what, why Dude, are they here? Well, when we were young, we uh, there was a. It's not. I don't know if you know about the Isna convention down there, but it's not. It's like the largest convention in North America. Yeah, yeah we know about it. We so there would yeah. be like a a, a big like, uh, what's it called? Uh, hotel Isna. Club it Isna. Club, Club Isna, right? It's and a lobby, basically. So, so a lot, a lot of these guys um, would be like mixing with girls and stuff. And some of my hardcore friends, humble or not me, but these guys uh, would go straight up and right in the middle of it, they would start, you know, calling them out on their uh, yeah, behavior. Fear Allah, fear the grave, and all that good stuff. Oh man, how, oh, how did that go down? As in, did that, they take it well? Or did no, they change the I, I behavior? Think, uh, the religious the guy got escorted out by the security people. <laughs> <laughs> they were still allowed to mingle. <laughs> Like, get this guy. But out yeah, of just here. about the whole He's out of Ill, style. Ill Muslim thing generally. Like yeah. I've like I've known about it for several years as well. I've just stalked them down through their Facebook pages and all their photos. It's pretty much you know the cool photos you take at the club with girls and stuff, but like a Muslim version. Right. As in, that's what I saw it as. I was really attracted to it. At, like attracted my to early the woman. Days, I was like, wow, they're so oh. cool. Like I wish Tell I, I could be like Joshua. that instead of in the MSA. You got know what I mean? Yeah. Because because MSA is not nearly as cool. As in, that was my vibe at the beginning, but um. What was the it thing Mahindra was saying that somebody wanted to pray there and they told him to go pray in the alley or something? So I was on tw- on a Twitter conversation. Somebody was talking about one of their events. They went there and there was no like – Maghrib time had come in and there was no allocated prayer space. And they Ooh. had asked someone for a place to pray and they s- sent them outside to like the back alley to go pray. <laughs> like they didn't even have – and – I don't. When I went, uh, this was December of two thousand and fourteen. So it was at night. It was like it started at eight p.m. So it was like Maghrib and Isha had already come in. So I don't think it was a need at the time for anyone to pray. Um, but you know, it, it, like every event of theirs is probably different. Like you know, I, I mean, I, I'd be curious in going back. A lot of people say that, like, well, there's people who are Muslims who are going to the club where there is booze and where people are smashing after. Um, so maybe this is a good medium to bring them back. Um, like a transition medium, ma- like yeah. they sort of get closer to Muslims. I, I, yeah. I have a friend. So I have a friend who used to like spend most of his time in like Latina clubs. Um, yeah, back in the day, and then he transitioned to to ill Muslims, and then he only spent like a year going to ill Muslims events, and then he like now he's pretty much trying like walking around with like black turbans all over the place. So oh, really, yeah, black really yeah, yeah. I told so him like it, that, I, I asked him its purpose. Yeah, is the black turban yeah. a thing of the Shia though? No, black turbans is uh, part of the revivers. You know, the the people from the east. They're supposed to be wearing. Oh no, no that's black flags. Sorry, <laughs> oh. wrong <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh. Anyways, man. Let's, so what, what's up? What's happening, boys in the cave? What's happening with you guys, man? Enough of uh, <clears throat> uh, you know. So uh, yeah, I think we had the boys on the cave in the cave. By the way, that. The acronym is BITC. Do not add yeah, HERA yeah. at the end of it. It's just boys in the cave, or else the acronym will be something else. Now, the, these brothers are doing some amazing work from uh, Australia, and uh, we decided to incorporate them. Uh, we talked to them. Oh, it's not just we decided. I mean, they had a say in this as well, but uh, we, we, we talked uh, about um, 
bringing them on board into the Mad Mamluks family, and they were really excited. And uh, uh, well, well, Tanzan, why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about how y'all started up podcasting and uh, help the listeners understand a little bit about what your podcast is all about. Yeah, for sure. So, name's Tanzim. Um, having goosebumps though, um, being on the Marum Looks because we obviously looked up to you guys, um, you know, when you guys started out a few years back. And our experiences in Sydney are a bit different to, you know, what you guys uh, might be facing. Like, you guys probably, I don't know, girls and guys side by side praying. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, we, we have our own kind of struggles in the Sydney scene. And, I guess in that sense, that's why we wanted to start out the podcast as well, kind of honing on our community. But I guess the nature of how the world works, more globalized, um, kind of, you know, everyone's interconnected from one country to another. Even if you work on your community, you know, you'll go global. So Alhamdulillah in that sense, because our efforts were, you know, in the community, people were hearing about us overseas. But for us starting out in particular, I think our struggles were that, Obviously, going through the uni scene, um, high school, for me, particularly in high school, I wasn't too practicing. I was a pretty rebe- rebellious child as well. Um, and, you know, the dean was just more so you go to the mosque, um, go to Jumakut Buzz and stuff, you know, go back home and, you know, just kind of leave Islam at the masjid. But uh, alhamdulillah, you know, connecting with people, um, stuff happening in your life, we can probably go into that later. Um, you get closer to Dean and alhamdulillah, even just, I guess, one of those processes was, you know, listening to you guys, to listening to Mom Gilan, for example, um, to many various, you know, um, internet personalities. And that really kind of inspired us to think that, oh, wow, like we have a community here. We have a big, in Sydney, there's a big Muslim community, very big. And there's even like, it was funny the other day, I don't know, have you guys heard of Lauren Southern? Uh, I've heard the name. Yeah, so she's like some bigot, um, anti-Islamic bigot, yeah, yeah, thought, um, yeah. person. And she's like, I think she's based in like UK or, or Canada or something. So she's actually in Amer- uh, Australia now. And she's going to all these like Muslim-dominated um, areas, suburbs, yeah? Yeah. And she's just trying to provoke people, right? Oh, at the same time. That... Restaurants and stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and she's just hitting up the streets um, and stuff like that. And... That shows how big of a population there is to cover in regards to the Sydney scene. And we felt like there were things that weren't being addressed in the community, things that I went through that weren't particularly being addressed. Like, for example, uh, I just feel like the Shuyuk, not to belittle them or anything, you know, Alhamdulillah, doing amazing stuff. But, you know, from my experiences, right, personal experiences, um, they weren't addressing the youth head on in regards to what we were going through. And I feel like since we were going through our own kind of struggles, it was our responsibility to kind of give back and provide a platform for Shuk to come in so we can talk about, you know, what people can kind of relate to in regards to youth scene. But obviously, the nature of how the podcast went, we talk about general Muslim issues as well. And that's why we felt that, especially with bouncing off you guys, you guys had a podcast for the platform. We're just like, we should do something similar you know, bring the local um, sheikhs on on board, have a conversation with them, really flesh out proper conversations and also gain touch with people overseas. Like we did an episode with, you know, Daniel Hakikachu, um, Dr. Shadil Mastery, have these kind of interesting um, dialogues about science, about, you know, consciousness, about political issues and how Muslims are very much in tune because the perception in the society we're in is that, you know, Muslims are lost, they don't know what they're doing and, you know, they're just like herd of sheep, I don't know. So... 
that was our that was our kind of um, vision early on to really provide a platform to talk because alhamdulillah like the people that we've interacted in our life we feel like you know muslim or non-muslim and practicing non-practicing muslim sorry if we have a platform and they can hear in in regards to the ideas and just how we talk about the religion it's something we might you know plant a seed in regards yeah. to be coming closer to the end but i guess josh has a kind of different take i assume but uh so what, how it sort of started out i guess was you know like it was just a close group of friends for us we were just having these really good discussions like amongst ourselves like we were like msa boys going through uni and talking about all these political social issues and we thought why not replicate it on a wider scale so that people in our community can sort of benefit from it on a wider scale also because sydney faces particular problems as in australian muslims face different issues than the ones you face in America, for example. Like your whole, like, um, uh, not obsession, but how we're always hearing about the problem with liberal Muslims and how they're, like, ruining the deen and all that. We don't really face much of that or any of that here, so it's a bit foreign to us, and it seems really, like, really novel. Uh, we're just like, whoa, we can't imagine these people actually exist with women leading prayer or, like, But your community know. is small too, isn't it? The Australian uh, it Muslims? Is. It how many uh, how many Muslims um, are in Australia? I think I think two two like five over five hundred thousand like yeah that's pretty like, small that's like Chicago not even Chicago that's like that's half a million in all of Australia yeah does that include uh, it's probably a lot more than that that was a stat from a while oh, ago yeah. I think it's it'd be closer to oh, okay. um like seven hundred eight hundred thousand possibly but the Sydney community is pretty vibrant and big because a lot of Muslims are in Sydney. Like it's majority, most of our Muslims are from Arab backgrounds and yeah. then Daisy and then the rest. Well, yeah. And again, when I say that that's a small number, Australia is is a very large continent, but a lot of people have the misconception that, you know, the entire continent is, is populated. It's really just a, a small fraction of the entire yeah, continent. Yeah, it's really just but, Sydney and Melbourne. And like the Sydney and Melbourne, we're pretty much global on the same level as major american cities as in yeah. we we like consume all the same media content as you guys so we're how, on top of much, all the discussions that are happening in the u.s how much of four million people in population wow yeah how much of australia is even inhabitable inhabitable <laughs> it's um, where the coastlines are we're like the, closer to the beaches and stuff that's mm -hmm. pretty much inhabited like the kind of central part of australia is barely inhabited you've got like perth so western australia so you've got New South Wales, where we're situated, and the Sydney area, where most people live, and even in Queensland. So it's very um, specific areas where there's a lot, large group of people. Our population density is very low. Like, a lot more people could live here. But then there's the whole uh, political issue surrounding, like, immigration. Both people don't want to let new people in. It's like Canada, so basically, think, yeah. right? 30 is, million in Canada. Is there anyone even monitoring the middle of Australia? I wonder, like, what's going on there? Is there, like, a big, <laughs> no, no. big hurricane happening, like, in, on Jupiter? Uh, it's it's desert, quite a bit of desert. There's but... no like speed limit, like there's roads, right? But there's no speed limits in the middle parts of Australia because like no one travels there, so it doesn't matter how it's, fast. It's it's like rural towns. It's more like I don't know, like the Midlands or something. So it's a perfect USA, place like... to establish the caliphate. Yeah, literally, <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. There's probably the last day we're going to see you guys. I've heard of that. It was nice knowing you guys. Inshallah, may Allah give us all shahada. <laughs> they're in Australia they can, so, they can say whatever so, they want do whatever they want so as far as you know like we we found we, we started podcasting um, mainly because we found most 
uh, religious people kind of lame, you know, in the sense uh, that, you know, they, they were just boring. Totally, dude. Same here. <laughs> and um, I, I found like most Muslim entertainment is really, um, really just uh, has a framework of adab. And you, you can't say a lot of different things that are really on your mind. And are you guys uh, trying to take on that approach? Are you guys trying to kind of break out of that shell of, you know, everything yeah, has to definitely. be. Um, what, one thing I really appreciate about you guys, about you guys in particular is that you're so honest to talk about your individual sort of vices, not vices per se, but you know how you just don't like, yeah. you're just like normal people. You're not like right. trading the line with everything. Like sometimes people just act out and speak out and you guys just do that, especially brother Mahin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, we're, just, we're, 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 when we really, uh, reveal one of our vices something that we're not um proud to mention but we'll we'll do it for a specific purpose you know it, as, exactly you know, to yeah, help people to out like it's not like we're it. you know um spreading fahisha in in the in the world and we want to uh, let people know that hey we're so cool and we do this and that it's not that it's like we hey, we made this mistake in the past and we want to help you guys not yeah, make don't that fall mistake. into the same you know so uh, um. So, what was your jahiliya like? <laughs> since we're being honest, since we're being honest, see how he just used the flute to Tanzim. You first. <laughs> this is uh, it's like rather the, the podcast with Mad Mom Luke was kind of awkward. It was more like interrogation. Fess up. Fess up. Should we be? Well, should should, should we be worried about any little Tanzims running around? <laughs> so, I'm asking. We have to make sure. We, sometimes when you when you make it big, all of them show up with you know open hands, like, "Hey, take care of me." No, no. So, <laughs> how old are you guys? You guys look pretty young, mashallah. Yes, uh, I'm 21. How old are you, Josh? 23. I'm 23. Yeah, I'm in my final year of university here. We're a- actually recording at our university right now. Ooh. And Tanzim is what? We've got a few uh, more years left. Yeah, I'm 21. I got a few more years. Are left. you guys in a gymnasium? Looks no, like it, yellow funny wall story. So we literally before this uh, podcast recording, we couldn't find a space because everything's so. Like, my my house is like packed out. Josh's house house is packed out. Some of our other brothers are like really busy. Are you guys? So moving? we had to come like three oh, hours in full. advance because oh. is it Sunday here? And all all the rooms are like closed. They all lock up the rooms and stuff. So we called like university campus security, being like. Yo, um, we've got a big project and we need one of the rooms. So the security fool came in, opened the door for us and like, awesome. they were security. nice enough to let us in. So we have great space right now. And, yeah. and Josh, if you don't mind me asking, this is totally out of, uh, just a weird curiosity of mine. Uh, are you originally or ethnically Bengali? <laughs> um, this is a question I get asked very much by a lot of my peers and just everyone in general. I am ethnically and originally Bengali and, um, I have no clear reason why I'm named Josh. I think my dad was just really Whoa, whitewashed in the nineties. Well, go ahead. Do you and prefer to be called Yusuf? Josh would be a, Josh would be a cool name just to, for me to get by in society. Oh, Josh, I'm sorry, I got Joe and Josh. <laughs> I wasn't even going to ask that. But whatever. Um, I, well, why did you ask that? Why did like, I don't think that's why he asked you though. It. Not for the name, right? Why did you ask? Well, it doesn't well, matter. J- Joshua, you don't look Bengali. Oh, I just assumed it was about the name because that's how the question comes. Like Joshua sounds like a. Non-Muslim name. What do you guys have okay, to say yeah. for a lot of our listeners who are, not a lot, but there's a few people who say like, hey, you guys are a bunch of brown guys talking about a whole lot of different subjects You that really don't belong in your space. You shouldn't be talking because you're not 
XYZ ethnicity. What do you think about that? Chew on that. Uh, yeah. As in the Muslim community? Yeah, there's some people within the, within, within the Muslims, uh, within the Muslim community, where obviously majority of our listeners are Muslims, and they're going to be saying like, hey, Joshua Tanzim, y'all are brown. Y'all shouldn't be talking about different people's ethnicities and different people's struggles. Y'all are speaking from privilege, brown privilege. What do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, I think the sort of racial landscape in Australia is different. Like as in brown people, like as in where where the minorities here, and I don't know. As in, are there we black don't people have that same there? sort of issue? <laughs> are you talking about just like black culture generally, sort of no, thing? No, are like there how African we, we people? We can't talk about are you it. Talking about African descent. Pardon the American ignorance. Like we try to um, talk because Hunger, like we do have like a small team here, so we've got a um, big diverse group of you know nationalities and stuff and we have like a big um fought, like got friends in the you know head of the msas and you know connected with you know shuik and stuff so if we're going to talk about something to do with a different kind of um ethnicity we do consult before yeah, yeah, the definitely. episode and we make sure it's all clear and stuff and you know we're not just speaking from whatever we perceive of you know certain um backgrounds but especially if you if you are honing on like the black community for example we haven't really talked about them anyway so we try to you know make sure that we talk about subjects or particular topics that we've done kind of our background and talk to the right people. So that's how we go about it. Okay. So I heard that uh, there's a big, uh, like, uh, uh, combat sport fight culture in Australia, and Muslims are, a lot of Muslims are very well at uh, martial arts or prote- protecting themselves. No, no, that's the Aborigines, dude. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> I heard that. I heard there's that a, the Australians. Fight culture. Yeah. Is that true? Like there's a big kind of USC boxing culture here in Australia because Anthony Mundine, yeah. he is a big prominent uh, boxer here in Australia and he actually converted to Islam. So a lot of people, kind of the youth, especially like the Middle Eastern background and stuff, they're really into kind of UFC boxing. So there is that kind of culture in regards to, you know, combat sports and stuff for sure. So a lot of my mates, they do a lot of, you know, boxing and all that kind of stuff because I think it's like a Muslim thing to do, especially like I think there's like a – there's even like um, masjids connected to you know gyms and stuff, and they all have you know all that kind of facilities and stuff, and people well, go there. Do you have yeah, like it, boxing it, gyms connected to masjids? Yeah, yeah. So LMA, um, they have like all that kind of gym equipment and stuff. So yeah, alhamdulillah, we have that kind of facilities here. Masjid. Yeah, we're pretty pretty hit, pimped hit, out here in Australia, alhamdulillah. Hit to break it easy with that word. Buddy. Just out of the west, easy the west is our word. Muslim areas. Hate to break yeah. it to you, but MMA is haram. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? CrossFit's big in Australia I, too. Actually. CrossFit, um, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's like how in the US, it's blowing up right now. I think Australia, it's sort of gaining traction as well. Um, I'm into powerlifting though. I just don't really like CrossFit. Yeah, the, the top two fittest women in the world are both Australian currently, according to the Cro- CrossFit top one and two. I just watched a documentary. Yeah, last it's, a big, it's a big culture here. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's really good. That's cool. What type of powerlifting do you do? Just general like. Powerlifting, like deadlifting, main core. You don't focus. Yeah, on deadlifting, that. squats, bench press. I've, nice. I've done a competition before. I'm oh, in like, really? I'm in my third year of lifting. Yeah, yeah. Mashallah, man. <laughs> Look at if this. we're gonna talk about this, yeah, I've hit, I've hit decent numbers. So, um, deadlift, I've hit 500 pounds. Mashallah. Squat, uh, but how much do you? How much do you weigh? 400. Um, <laughs> I knew it. One, one eighty-three. I'm trying to make it easy, dude. For you. I know the, I know the conversions. I'm not going to talk in kilos. <laughs> are you, are you repping five hundred? That's the max you've hit. Uh, that's my max for deadlifts. Mashallah, you and me should work out together. 
Jake Armour just got excited. He just like checked into the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah. Now I'm paying attention Armour, to this podcast. He's, he's stronger than me. And if, uh, no, no, I'm not Shaq stronger than you, bro. I'm not stronger than you. So like, uh, okay. what about like, Tanzim? Uh, Tanzim, are you going to be lifting soon? <laughs> I not. saw you without your shirt. I'm more like, I'm more just play cricket. Do you guys play cricket? You know, like no, India, I mean, Bangladesh, we'll play cricket. We're, we're all so self-hating desis. Yeah, there's there's a big uh, cricket culture here, but that's some that's the, what the fobs do. Yeah, a lot of the shabab who came from overseas, <laughs> you know, shabab. they came from the old country. Oh my god, <laughs> we don't use that term. Uh, FYI, because there's a big uh, Australian culture, like Australians in general, white people and stuff. They play, they follow cricket a lot, so it's just normal here in Sydney, Australia right. and stuff. Yeah, it hasn't really hit off because like England, South Africa, those places, those those white countries, they're good at cricket, but America, <laughs> uh, they haven't picked up on it i don't think they'll ever pick up on it uh so i was um running through the outline that times them sent out so you guys actually like you were inspired by us man what an honor we never thought <laughs> that's what it says here inspired yeah. by tmm well i kind of figured something out because i was listening to y'all show before i knew this i was listening to the dr Gilan show and i don't know who closed i think times was closing the show out and you're like signing off i'm like wait a second this clothes sounds like my clothes <laughs> this guy sounds like i was like was it's like if i had an australian accent this guy these guys copied mad Luke's clothes and then like i texted noreen who's like sim's wife i'm like yo like these guys, we 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 gotta sue them for like plagiarism or something. <laughs> and they're like, no, chill out, chill out. We're actually like working with them a little bit. It's like, oh, okay. Actually, you guys should plagiarize more of his uh, stuff. It's gonna make me happy. Yeah, like <laughs> like Muslims, like what we just copy people, like literally, like that. We just trade. We all, like everyone we copies started, everybody, uh, bro. It's like, Mad Mom looks have the everything down pack. I'm just gonna copy what they're doing, and just because we're youth, we just label as the youth. So yeah. it's just like a control C, control V. For us, it was really easy, you know, starting no. up on really yeah, That's <laughs> another like that's another piece of advice yes. I, I like to give to people, especially youth that are younger than you guys and your age. You should never feel uh, uncomfortable about copying, and I'll tell you why. what I mean by that. Everyone learns something from somebody else, and they copy it. Everything that we've learned, we've copied it from somebody else. Whether it's our teachers, our instructors, our shiuch, we've copied everything. And that's what contemporary books are. They're copy and pasting ideas or even words and putting in contemporary language right so i mean there's don't worry about any of that i know Mahin's just seems a little intimidating he seems a little scary you know but he's he's actually a big teddy bear do you guys remember the email we sent out to you guys like this was like a year before or maybe a few months before we started up officially we sent an email saying what mic should we use to start up a podcast i think i sent that email to yeah Mahin. Yeah, I or was to like, Sim, to like, yeah, well, I, the Mad Mumbles are account, right? Because Sim and I, we, yeah, you know, I think I, I helped yeah, like yeah, yeah. fifteen different people try to set up their podcast, and uh, you guys were one of the only, probably the only one. You're the oh, only no. one that's made of the iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> it's still active. No, no, there, there were about three or four different people who started, but you guys are the only ones who actually were doing it consistently. And so I, I think a lot of people want to do podcasting, but they just don't love it enough to keep at it because they want to see the the big numbers they want to see a lot of followers and that just doesn't happen man no, but not only that it's kind of intimidating because sometimes you don't you want to do a podcast but you don't know how to work technology properly and you don't have any friends no, in no, no. i mean so so I, I helped a lot of these people out right and who, who were who didn't know anything about technology and needed help you know getting published on itunes or whatever but of of the people that I helped out, Tanzim and uh, I would say maybe two other podcasts started, and they ended up those other two stopped. 
um, recording it. I think they recorded a couple episodes and they just didn't have the the fire in the belly, you know. And you have to have that in order to keep doing this. Well, well, those people might, you might upset them. They might be listening to this show. Oh yeah, it's it's not. There's nothing. Look, life gets <laughs> in like, the way. Oh, we made it. You guys, there, look. Out. There's there's mm-hmm. a time every week. I was just talking to one of my friends. There's a there's a moment almost every week or every other week where I just get overwhelmed with work and and this, this podcast, and I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? I should be out there making money, furthering my career. Look at all the other people in my um, f- friend circle who bracket. Who are just doing great, making great um, salaries and everything, and you know, trying to, um, you know, increasing their livelihood and and getting ready for, for their for, mid forties, early fifties, and making sure that they have a great uh, savings uh, f- savings account ready to take them into retirement. You know, and uh, yeah. you, you you just realize like, okay, you're doing it for Allah, and this is uh, one way of uh, hopefully. Attaining Jannah, right? So, Tanzam, how big is your team? You guys have uh, Raphael too? Yeah, so he couldn't make it. But, yeah, we, alhamdulillah, we have Raphael is going to be like on and off kind of uh, co-host as Wait, well. And we've got like maybe two or three people who do other stuff. But touching on what you said, uh, Sim, you mentioned um, kind of vision and goal and having that fire in the belly. I'll tell you the reason why. I feel actually um, Jordan Peterson did actually talk on this about procrastination. And he mentioned that the reason why people go through with what they do is literally because of the vision. So what's your end goal at the end of the day? So I, I feel like a lot of those podcasts who started up, they didn't really have, you know, what's the real big picture of doing this? Like, yeah, sure, you know, there's a conversation to be had amongst the Muslim community. I'm just going to start this up. But what's your end goal? And I feel like that was something very, very clear that we set up when we started in our early days. So even you mentioned, Sim, that, you know, there's, you know, jobs and stuff you're worried about, you know, get more you know money you know buy more cars or whatever you know like you have other friends doing that and then you you're kind of doing this podcast is taking a lot of your time and i can i can i can really relate to that a lot because you know my even my heck my life's pretty hectic at the moment you know i got you know work uni i work another job as well doing the podcast you know sometimes you mentally physically like literally break down it's really tasking you know what i mean because you have to do it consistently you know, a lot of the guests, you know, it's like obviously they're busy and stuff. You know, you put the effort to try to get them on, timing and editing. And there's a lot of work behind it, right? But when you are fixated on a goal, at the end of the day, you're like, this is what we're working towards. Because we know there's something that's happening in the Muslim community and it isn't being addressed. And at the same time, merging with you guys definitely helps it even more. You know what I mean? It gives and us it, so much more motivation just to know that you guys just recognized our efforts as in the people who who we drew inspiration from in the first case. So that really helped. Well, uh, and one of my goals, and I think everyone on this team um, has this vision that, you know, we want to have a, a platform that allows everyone on, you know, and we, everyone of us, at least in this room over here in, in uh, the U.S., where we were part of different um, groups and different movements and things like that, and, we realized like, okay, well, when we were, our voices weren't being heard, uh, we're like, okay, well, why wasn't it heard? What about it uh, made you feel like you were disconnected from the rest of the, the Ummah, right? And uh, I think one of our visions was having this kind of neutral Switzerland type of platform where people can come on. Now, we're not truly Switzerland in the sense like we'll allow like 
ridiculous ideas coming on where, you know, there's just, I mean, people like Majid, Majid Nawaz and stuff like that. I'm, that's the type of uh, silliness I'm talking about. But uh, in terms of, you know, sensible um, Muslims who are, you know, in, in the, what's it called, the, the middle of the, the pack, the, you know, the middle of the spectrum type Muslim. Um, I think we're we're one of those people who just want to learn from everyone and maybe we'll disagree with each other, but it doesn't mean that you have to hate each other at, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely trying to emulate that as well. Like we've seen you guys do it, have people from different ends of the political spectrum on, and we have the same. We have like people who are more Salafi on the show and people who are more intellectual and sort of like, lefty leaning sort of types like as in it really doesn't matter to us as long as they contribute something meaningful yeah to but but don't, be, don't, be, don't be afraid to clown on them though <laughs> okay yeah you got you got to clown on them because they have some silliness i mean clown the, uh, the sufis the oh. salafis the hisbis the khwanis the whoever hisbis. You know? oh so anytime you get opportunities clown on everybody yeah clown on everyone hate everybody don't be racist Dude, just hate everybody equally. everyone needs to learn to laugh at their silliness okay <laughs> Yes, hate La- everybody equally, La- guys. That's a message for our podcast. That's a wrap. Not not a hate. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying clowning. Yeah, clowning. I'm, I'm clowning you. See, yeah, see? see how that works. No, no, that's not clowning. <laughs> You're just being a troll right now. <laughs> Yo, so like, tell me about uh, tell me about the scholarship student in Australia. Um, so when I was coming up, the big dude in Australia was it? Remember that dude, Shake Face? Face? Yeah, Shake Face Muhammad. Yeah, yeah. Is he in jail or something now? Oh, he felt um, He's really low key now because he had a lot of fiery talks. Yeah, he got in trouble with the law, probably. He's, he's a lot of crazy media. stuff. He's Lebanese dude, right? Is he the guy with the yeah. white topi and the beard, big beard, and he sounds really aggressive? Yeah, yeah. I'll say yeah, yeah. He's, he's so hardcore. It was crazy. I kind of like him, to, to be honest thoughts. with you. Yeah, he, he would say stuff like, yeah, the, 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 that was like a different era back then. And you know who else was dope back in the day was uh, Sheikh uh, Bilal Asad. He had that story about Ahmed the Repenter. Is he still around? Yeah, Bilal uh, Asad's in the Melbourne scene. I don't know if he's prominent now, but yeah, he's he's based in Melbourne. He does like talks here and there still. So, but I don't think he's as big as he was before. No, it's F E I Z. Sheikh Amr's like, how do you spell Sheikh Fayaz? It's not Fayaz. Fayaz is a very like Desi way to spell it. Fayaz is like F A I Z. Right, right, right. So, okay. Oh, this guy. Okay, you remember that dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see. He used to talk about, I remember this one talk, he was like, we we, we want our children to thirst for the blood of Shahada. Oh my God. <laughs> and he was like, from a young age, I was like, dang dog. I was like, I was like, how was you not arrested yet? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, when we're young. He's when... talking about how Harry, po- Harry Potter is gopher and the rugby, which is a common sport here, is like, it's the game of the devil. <laughs> like, he's like, just so hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You kind of wonder, like, a part of me is like, uh, you know, it's kind of good that these guys are quiet now, but how, you know, they they're, they end up messing up their lives, you know, and it was kind of tragic in the sense that you wish that they learned through better, better means that, you know, some people sat down with them and, and gave them the siha and, and they, they didn't have to go through prison or through um, the government actually watching them with a close eye for them to actually change, you know, I, I, I kind of was hoping that they intellect, they grew or they matured, you know, in their thought and they got past whatever ridiculous line of thinking that they were pursuing their whole life. And they actually started questioning themselves. And that's kind of what happened to many of us over here where um, maybe 
in our late thirties or, or no, sorry, not me, late twenties and early thirties, we kind of sat back and we realized and uh, looked back at all the different things that we were involved in and, and trying to find the, the 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 rightly guided group, right, and trying to find the the one sheikh who will guide us all or the one group that will guide us all and and finding that was a futile attempt in uh in attaining closeness to Allah that that's not how the world operates Allah just doesn't give hidayah to one person and that that's the only person you should follow for the rest of your life i mean and i mean you you learn that so many of your the people that we look up to they're just as human as you are you'll you'll find out about crazy scandals and and things like that that are happening from people that you would never expect it to happen so yeah definitely as in sorry Mahin, continue yeah so i was gonna ask like under current australian scene like who's that so i've seen muhammad is that muhammad hablos is that the guy he yeah i, I love his videos i haven't seen his darst but like he has these really really he had the one that was pretty dope about like some dude who was treating his wife like trash it was like an act it was like a like an act like a skit kind of right and yeah. um, he's also I recognize him from the one interview with um, who's the brother that just passed away the philanthropist he was like very wealthy what's his name uh, you know oh, what um, Ali Benat yeah yeah that dude yeah. was amazing everyone just, found out about him through that one uh, channel that comes through Australia what's their name one path one path one, yeah one path network. network man those guys they've been doing it for a long time uh, how many years has it been I at least five yeah, over five years I four would say. five I think yeah. I'm not too sure. Yeah, when I saw them, they they actually had a real production house where they have good cameras, good lighting, people who actually are, are articulate and, and talking about things that are relevant in social media. Still not my cup of tea, but fantastic work. Is One Path, do you guys had that brother on? on yeah, so Alhamdulillah, like, we're connected with the One Path Network um, brothers. So we have a lot of people in the MSA scene that we know that actually work behind the scenes at uh, One Path, but... Kamal Saleh, you probably will know him from Talk Islam. So we are good mates with him. He came on our show as well. So Alhamdulillah, we're connected with them. Even with the CEO of um, One Path, his name is Malaz. You've probably seen him in a few videos as well. A big bearded, uh, mashallah, very um, pious brother. Um, he is also, we've good friends with him as well. So yeah, Alhamdulillah, we're connected in that sense amongst the Sydney community. Kamal, I, I, re- I really enjoyed Kamal's show a lot. Yeah. That show was amazing. Um, so I, I like, I, so I have listened to a, a good amount of your content and like, I, I don't know how the guys feel, but like, I, I actually hear this. do, uh, says something's amazing that it's gotta be pretty good. I mean, because K- Kamal show was the, probably the fa- like Raphael show was my favorite of the, uh, the ones you guys did. Cause I, I like, I like convert. We haven't done enough convert story. We don't do convert stories. It's not our cup of tea. Yeah. I mean, converts like, don't like it sometimes to do it. Yeah. I mean, like it gets played out for we them. hear different stuff from different converts. Some converts say like, it's something really personal to me and I don't like to talk about it because I, I and I get what they mean when they say like when they want, when people ask them to talk about it, it, it's like, um, when you talk about it, it cheapens it, you know? Yeah. When you have, like, hey, a stir of emotions that, like, you can never put into words, mm, it, it feels like you're cheapening that whole experience that. by just talking about it because it's so much more than the words that you're expressing. Maybe you you don't even have the right words to express yeah. how that whole experience was. And I, I kind of feel like that when, um, when talking about, like, some powerful experiences in my life, and I just feel like I don't want to talk about it on the podcast because it cheapens it, right? And so, so yeah. I'll kind of just default to something more easier to talk about. And and, uh, and with with converts, you'll hear different things. You'll so, some are very happy to talk about it, and um, some not so much. But one thing 
you'll always find from from them is that it's always a very powerful experience uh, at least from the ones we've met right yeah, yeah. so Tucker's about we so Dr. Muhammad Gilan is Sheikh Amr's personal favorite guest and he's been on our show like four times now and he he's a he's a good <laughs> like he actually was DMing me this week about feedback from the last podcast we just released and we bounce all kinds of stuff. We're talking about working out, but you guys have met him in person. We haven't actually ever met Dr. Gilan. Oh, you in haven't person. met him in person. Yeah. So, so t- is he is is he is he a fraud? You <laughs> 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 said you saw him up close. Like, How dare like you. even the story. Uh, even uh, I'll 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 go back a bit. But the story with how we got in contact with Muhammad Gilan and meet him in person is actually like Subhanallah, like quite an unreal story. Because what happened was, Alhamdulillah, like. Josh knew of Muhammad Gilan before Muhammad Gilan was Muhammad Gilan. You get me? Mm-hmm. So mm. he was like OG follower of oh, Muhammad like Gilan. 2012 when he wrote obscure articles about evolution. He had like 200 followers. Wow. Yeah, that's like I, I started like following him. I was like, who's this intellectual dude? I need to know more about him. Because I studied like philosophy and stuff as well. I was like, he's the only guy doing this. But then he sort of blew up. Yeah, and then what happened was even I got into his stuff like maybe two years ago. And then we started our podcast and we were just like, man, it would be amazing because, you know, Dr. Gilan was inspiration for myself as well, personal inspiration. And I'm like, oh, man, it would be great to have you on the podcast, this and that. And then literally that timing, he lived in Canada at that time. He's like, I'm moving to Brisbane, Australia. I'm like, subhanAllah, like, I'm like instant, like, you know, light bulbs going off in my head. Be like, I can easily get him now. Right. But Queensland's a bit far. And he's going, he's going um, university there to study med. So I'm like, it's going to be hard to get in contact with him. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But, you know, whatever. He's at least he's in Australia. Somehow, maybe in the future, we can get hold of him. And then, subhanAllah, a um, few months later, I have a friend. He was the MSA president of UNSW at that time. He's like, I was with him at um, Eid prayer in the morning. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, bro, you know, we're getting Mohammed Gilan for an event at UNSW. I'm like, whoa, what, what? And then he's like, yeah, literally, like, he's going to come down. I'm going to fly him. He's going to stay for like two, three days. He's going to do a, um, a discussion panel with one of our lecturers at UNSW, an atheist. And then he's going to do a talk. I'm like, subhanAllah, like, then I asked him, can you, can you tell him to come on Boys in the Cave? And then he's like, you can try. So what happened? I sent a voice recording through his uh, text message. I'm like, uh, Assalamualaikum, Dr. Gilan. It's uh, Tanzim from Boys in the Cave. And we haven't even started officially then. <laughs> so he's, he's probably thinking, who is these boys in the cave? Why are they telling me to come on, right? But subhanAllah, he agreed to it. And then maybe a few weeks later, he came down. And then I remember I, was, I, I met him and stuff. And it was so surreal. I'm like, subhanAllah, how... Because we're starting a project that, at that time. How Allah brings people to you in ways you would never think of. Yeah. How we had that intention of... Starting Boys in the Cave, like, inshallah, we think it's, you know, purely for the sake of Allah, um, you know, try to benefit the community. Mm-hmm. And we had this idea of trying to get Mom Gilan on the podcast. But our vision of that was like, you know, over Skype or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, subhanAllah, how he just brought, Allah brought Mom Gilan to us. You know what I mean? That's and amazing, yeah. Alhamdulillah, we even bonded to the point we stayed, we chilled with a whole day. We're having discussions. And um, it was just a really surreal experience. And alhamdulillah, to this point, I would say he's a very good friend of ours. We keep in, um, yeah. in touch as well. And yeah. not only that, he left. We're in good terms. He's like, he, he's connected with the Mizan Avenue as well. So he came a second time as well. And then we met, met him again. We chilled with him up to midnight talking about, you know, Dean, Islam and stuff. So subhanAllah, yeah. yeah, it was like, it was very surreal. So, and it really kicked us, um, our podcast off. What did you guys eat, by the way? I have to ask, what did y'all eat? 
Oh, we took him to brunch. So we, because t- Sydney's great for this, yeah. We took him to this hipster cafe in one of our like near the city, and it was all vegetarian food, and he loved it. He was okay. just like, "This is amazing." You, you don't and want to. As for your question, Mahin, if he's a fraud or not, uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he he definitely isn't. Like we chilled with him and we talked to him and he's literally like one of the boys as in you talk to him. It feels like you're talking to a close friend. He was talking about the gym. He was talking about music. He's talking about everything. It pretty much felt like nice. like I'd always known him. So Josh, so, uh, he, hang on, hang on one second. You have a question? So it's funny when you guys are talking about your uh, like your vision and everything and one of our visions was also uh, having, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes where we kind of modeled our uh, our show a little bit after uh, Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and things like that. Uh, other podcasts yeah. that were like the cream of the crop, right? And we were looking for um, a guy like Sam Harris, but for Muslims, right? And um, lo and behold, uh, through some research, we found out this guy, this neuroscientist named Dr. Gilan exists. And we're like, holy cow, this is the, the, the key to the puzzle, the, the missing piece. He, mm. We need um, someone who can actually look at some of these uh, complex things and kind of unpackage everything for for young muslims and ha- are able to and is able to actually answer some of the tough questions that are facing young muslims today so oh like, it was funny cuz like i listened to dr gilan's last podcast he talked about be, like being authentic and whatnot and he says that like when you guys met him y'all freaked out cuz he was wearing like distressed jeans or something <laughs> yeah, and, and you were expecting a guy in like in a robe. What do y'all expect? Y'all expecting a dude in like a Moroccan robe, like like a Jedi a master, <laughs> a, a Jedi master yeah. walking through, a young Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. yeah, literally Jedi master. Swallow. <laughs> but you know, I I like the uh, the whole uh, mindset, mashallah, and it's it's actually inspiring to us, and at least myself. And it's a reminder. You mentioned that uh, you just wanted to have. Uh, a podcast and Allah just bought Muhammad Leelan and all of your guests to you all of the guests are that way uh, it's just a little more grand with there's a little more grandeur involved in it with Muhammad Leelan because he's such a boss mashallah alright so as we wrap things up what kind oh. of questions do you guys have for us okay so <laughs> what questions do we have are we uh, with, are we interviewing Sheikh, I now? kind of cut off Sheikh Hamer I'm sorry no, no, hang on one it's second okay. it's okay Sheikh, I, I thought uh, <laughs> Sheikh Hamer had to uh, had to run a little bit so I, th- I wanted to kind of speed no, up no it's actually things. pretty funny I kind of left but uh, go ahead and uh, finish your thought I'm sorry I forgot what I was going to say oh no now no. he's going to hold so this against was, me for the rest of the week. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to say that uh, you know the original story of of the Ashab al Kahf, the sleepers of the cave, the boys in the cave. I like the little twist you guys yeah. have on it. But the boys in the cave or the Ashab al Kahf, they didn't know each other until later. You know, in the original story, they all met because there was a Taqiyunus who was the king, uh, was having a big celebration. And mm. all of these youth, they were they had a sheikh who was basically an original uh, uh, Christianity of Isa al-Islam, teachings of, Christ, uh, of Isa al-Islam. But he was in hiding because Daqyunus, who was the king, was going out to get him because he was the last person inviting to the oneness of Allah. So there were a few youth, a few boys that were his students, but not all of them knew each other. Right? But when oh, okay. the celebration was happening... When Daqyunus was having the celebration, there was a lot of, you know, drinking, you know, lewdness and shirk and all that stuff. And they didn't want to, obviously, uh, um, um, endorse any of that. So they all went away to 
uh, 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 an area that was uh, kind of, uh, um, I don't know what the distance was, but they all ended up going to that area and sitting down by a tree, from what I understand. Wallahu alam. And uh, they all asked each other, wait, what are you guys doing here? What are you doing here? And they all that's how they met each other. And they basically came up with a plan. Some people have the misconception where the Ashab al-Kahf, the people of the cave, were in fear, in extreme fear, so they had to hide. But rather, it was a little bit of anxiety, obviously, but they were actually planning on what they were going to do. And then Allah caused them to sleep, right? Uh, but with them yeah. meeting each other, Allah gave them each other, you know what I'm saying? And it's just so awesome that you guys have this name and you guys have that mindset that that actually manifested itself to the people that to the Ashab yeah it embodies also. that name yeah it's pretty amazing and it just be people think that just because you have a name your personal name we understand from from the hadith that the name has a big role in your life right but even any yeah. name that you ascribe to yourself whether it's a group that's going to have a big role on your life too you know what i'm saying so i think it's very beautiful you guys are actually very young the people of Ashab al-Kahf were known to be you know, anywhere between the ages of 13 to, I think, 20 or something like that, right? I don't think there were anything older than 25. And I think it's just really cool how all these things are just coming together, man. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, like, even, it's funny that the way we can kind of relate to that story as well is the fact that they weren't, you know, prophets and doing miracles nope. and all that kind of stuff. They're just like young boys. Yep. And and Allah helped them in situation, you know what I mean? So we can relate to that as well, that we are just, you know, trying to inshallah do it for the sake of Allah and Allah will help us along the way. And, yeah. you know, especially with your team, you know, getting in touch with you guys and merging, alhamdulillah, even that's like, you know, Allah paving the road for us to do even bigger things, you but, know what I mean? So, mashallah, I'm glad you have that mindset, but don't please don't think highly of us because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that. What's wrong with you, man? If you were to hang out with us for a little bit, you'd be like, oh, everything's gone what pear-shaped. Except the sheikh. The sheikh has, like, credibility, but the rest of us... No. They know They know I'm, I'm like, just a deviant. <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm just a deviant. What? <laughs> <laughs> You, you you guys have some questions about Bangladesh for some reason. I saw the outline because like the, I'm Bengali and uh, you have some questions about fish or something. I got some questions. Keto khobar. We just put it there. We just didn't know what we were gonna say. But okay. No, it was the fact that we see that in the Dao scene, there's not that many Bangladeshis, even though there's like a big population. So, like that is that your experience as well? Yeah. In the American so, scene, like here. So I I have I don't know how y'all feel about like bang, being Bangladeshi. Uh, I was Uh-oh, born there. Here it comes. I'm I'm about to go on a little rant real quick. Um, get ready, boys. So I've got like a love hate relationship with Bangladesh. I was born there. Came when I was two. My problem is that Bangladeshis, I don't understand. Like some of them, a lot of them are super nationalistic, and they in over their dean. I'm like, bro, your country's not even fifty years old yet. Like literally, Bangladesh is not fifty years old. And you put that as priority over your spiritual lineage, which is fourteen hundred years plus. No, I think that's a majority because that's a problem with nationalism. Though, I think right? so, but like that's as a Bengali, I like I'm like, but y'all ain't done nothing. All y'all do is kill your leaders, and then you got two women running your country for the last thirty years. Oh. <laughs> you know is what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, the, you know the you know the hadith about the Prophet Muhammad Sallam about like Here the co- a country that is led by a female or a oh, woman, okay. you know, that will have no blessings. 
You know, and you go there and you wonder why trigger it alert, takes me like three alert. hours to get from one side of DACA to the other. <laughs> you get a trigger on this. This is going to be kind of entertaining. You know what I'm saying? So like, but like it all, in all, with all that being said, like I love going to Bangkok. My family, extended family is all over there. Like 98% of them. In Sunet or Dhaka? Yeah. Dhaka, right? And mostly in Dhaka. I'm from Noakhali. You know, Noakhali. You know, that's like the ground. I thought you were from Chittagong. We like, we like the rednecks of Bangladesh. Yeah. Sorry? You're from Noakhali too? Food. Yeah, oh, yeah. You and Mahina are probably related. <laughs> we we might be. Yeah, probably cousins. We're, we're, but it's like it's like the country, the rednecks of Bangladesh. So I like how they talk. Um, you know, it's kind, yeah. of, <laughs> kind of like the Heather bodies of India, maybe. But like you know, um, it, it's not like I, I enjoy going back. I I don't like Bengali food. Um, the traffic <laughs> sucks, and um. You know, in the perception of religion over there is the pro. I kind of understand why they're that way, though, because when I go over there, there is no middle ground as far as Dean goes. People are either hardcore like Molana Sabs or like complete secularist snort crack. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you snort crack? I mean, s- snort coke. Sorry, oh, coke. Okay. No, they yeah. actually, I heard they actually do coke at Dhaka University. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, literally. You know, once um, I was at Dhaka, and there's a masjid right in front of my grandfather's place, and I remember late at night, it was like New Year's, and you could hear like the insane partying, like the sound speakers, like literally, like through the whole city, you could hear it, and it's like right behind the masjid, and during Fajr. It's like still going off. I'm like, Svanala, like, wow. it's crazy out there, man. Well, the colleges over here have Adderall. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're speaking from privilege. Yeah, so as Sim was saying, uh, we got to get Sheikh Amr out of here. Do you guys have any questions for us before we wrap this puppy up? Uh, um, we don't want to rush you, man. I mean, forget about no, of- just forget about my thing, man. These guys have been looking forward to this for so long. Don't worry about that, man, honestly. We, we can keep going. Um, All right, how about do a bit different? Um. What if you were to sit in a cave? Because you know, boys in the cave. If you were each of you guys, if you were to sit in a cave with one person in history, um, excluding you know Rasulullah and the Sahaba, because everyone's just going to pick them anyway. So who would it be? Or any scholar? It, it, how about make it non-Muslim? All right, yeah. Non-Muslim. Ah, yeah. To make it interesting, yeah, non-Muslim. That. Yeah, but don't but give the, the responses so you did many, with um, the coffee with Kareem episode because I heard that. So okay. yeah, well, they were all Muslims Different. too. Those are Muslim guys, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, true, true. Yeah. Non-Muslim. Someone that benefited you or you can learn from, that sort of thing. Hmm, that's a good wow, question. that's a very good question. Dude. If, you, if you make wow. it non-Muslim, it makes it interesting. The problem wow. is I don't know any non-Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> no, in history even. I, I'm joking, dude. Um, Let's see here. I'll probably, um, here's the thing. I'll probably, I, don't, I, I need more thought, but the person I've always been interested in from a very young age uh, has been John F. Kennedy. What? Yeah. That's, you're so lame. <laughs> the American him. president. Yeah, okay. Okay, go ahead. You know, because I always wanted to be, when I was younger, I wanted to be like a politician. So I was obsessed with presidents, of American presidents since like kindergarten. I memorized, at the time, Ronald Reagan was president, so I memorized 40 presidents when I was like six years old. <laughs> I bet you, how many Sahaba did you knew back then? I didn't know what a Sahaba was. You guys, the, he just answered the questions. Let me answer the questions. You know. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, fucking Arabic. And so, and so for me, like, even Kennedy today is a fascinating character, right? The fact that he had an affair with Marilyn Monroe and then... Uh, <laughs> is that what makes you fascinating? <laughs> I found this out later. Like, my fascination with Kennedy goes back to, like, elementary school. But, like, later, as, I, as I've as i grown up, even his sense of style, like, the whole Ivy League fashion, Ivy League styles, okay. the, the JFK yeah, yeah. look, right? Um, the family he came from, like, the Kennedys are, like, the, like, 
probably the greatest, one of the greatest American families that have ever existed, right? As far as like their influence on government and business, you know, whatnot. So like, he's always someone that's been like, you know, fascinating interested in me whether he's the right person that I'd spend time with looking back I'd probably need more time but like he's the guy that pops out to me as somebody who um I found interest I found interested I, I like uh Sun Tzu from the Art of War I'd like oh, really to, that's yeah. it I'd like to sit cool down answer. with him and uh pick his mind and help him uh, because I know what what he a lot of people look at his book and thinking like oh you know this is all related to warfare but what he's really actually talking about is conflict and we as human beings are in conflict throughout our whole lives and war is the ultimate expression of conflict and when you really think about his book in different ways in different and dy- different dynamics uh, relating to conflict in general and how to come on come on the winning side of conflict I, i'd like to sit down and have some halakhat with him and uh <laughs> See, really cool. see yeah, what I could definitely. learn. Yeah, we'll I'm going to take a different approach to this. I'm going to take somebody very contemporary, but there's a reason for it. I'm going to say the name, but let me finish, okay? I would say Michael Jordan. I'll oh. tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'm so disappointed by both of you. I'll tell Go you ahead. why. To do no, this many cool. people you can pick in history, I'm telling you, talking about Go something. ahead. Because he is a gold standard of competition, of competitiveness, and mm. uh, uh, achievement and hard work, right? And he is so, like, his mind is so wired for competition that he'll even challenge. I don't know how true this is. I was was laughing when I heard some of his fellow uh, teammates teammates say that if you drink water fast, he'll challenge you to drink water faster than you. Like, everything in his world is about, like, he sees the world in a completely different lens than every other human being. For him, everything's a competition. He's a kharajite. Probably he's not even a Muslim, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that his level of competition, level of hard work, and putting the hours in is unparalleled. You know, um, so I think I I, w- I would just like to be around somebody and know how they take and pick their brain and you know see if there's any overlapping things in my personality. Am I just being lazy? You know, am I even capable of doing that? Is it just a mental yeah. issue that he has? I think that'd be pretty interesting. MJ is probably my top five. Yeah, I mean, historically, there's so many people I can think of, but I'm I'm thinking this contemporary. All right, what else y'all got? Um, bring the big um, guns. Huh? What about was he, what was your experiences like with Islam, like when you uh, when you were young? Because you know, around our age, I'll say. He has 21 and 23. You said. Yeah. You were in Mauritania, right? I was. Yeah, I was overseas for that one. Learning Arabic. I was learning Arabic. Mashallah. That was my, my goal. Sheikh Hamid was the best of us. He was doing the right thing. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> kind of a away from I just went on vacation. Yeah. That's all it was. I just needed an Islamic reason <laughs> to go on vacation. <laughs> but you were, you were what, what year did you go overseas for the first time? Uh, it was... 2001. Two, yeah, 2001. So you, did, of 2001. you did COD, right, first? Yeah, I was at the end of 2001. Well, I was actually 20 at the time. So COD, by the way, is a community college here. It's like a two-year college. Of Sheikh Hamer was just leaving, uh, and he was stuck in France, and then 9-11 happened. Yeah. He, he was on oh, a connecting really? flight in France. That would have been... I left on 9-9, I think, from here. Man, that was a long journey. Yeah. How many connecting flights did you have? I was there for three days. I was in France for three days. Oh, okay. Oh, everything was grounded? No, not at the time. Well, after we got there, we went to sleep, and we woke up. Uh, cause we got there on nine ten, 
we went to sleep and we woke up and there was all this stuff on the news like America under fire and we're like, what's going on? Me and my friends were like, what's going on? This is crazy. And we go on the street and all these people are handing out. It's nighttime. And we met some, uh, actually some Bengali bruvs in France and they were passing out newspapers about America and they were talking to us in Urdu because my friend was wearing a Chicago sweatshirt. And they were like, are you guys from Chicago? Are you from America? Did you hear this happening? And they were like, oh, this is too much. We just went on a journey for the first time in our lives to go study, and <laughs> this is what happens. And you went to Mauritania after that? that was... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't talk about my years in 21. You were married, though. You weren't COD, I was married, bro. but uh, you, weren't COD, you know, I had bro. kind of some messed Don't up Don't try ideas. to make it all scary and scandalous. I have to take the fifth. He was at COD with me. He was, studying, he was a student computer information systems, <laughs> and that's, that's all she yeah. wrote. When I was 21, I was involved in Amway. Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were joking about that. No, I'm dead serious. I, I was in Amway. It was called Quickstar back then. They had to rebrand. Um, I was in it for like two and a half years. I thought this was a joke the whole time. You think so? Yeah, really? Think, yeah. Are you I didn't se- think you were serious. No, dude. Like a lot like Am- Amway fortified like my republicanism and my like love for the American. That's why he loves Trump. Narrative, you know. <laughs> uh, free, you know. So as far as how I got into the dean... So you, but you were into the dean as a teenager, though, right? No, no, I got to the dean when I was in college. That's uh, what about Bosnia and all this BS you always talk about? Oh my god, Bosnia is a BS? No, the, the is that also a made up story? No, why would I make that? Up? That was in the mid nineties, and you would have been a teenager then. No, that was when I was twelve. You talk, you, about about? Ni- you, you talk about the night. You talk about the nineties. I think I think you're talk. You got your dates mixed up. You don't know when the Bosnian War happened. <laughs> that was when I was twelve. Though the Bosnian War never happened. It was fake news. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to edit that part. We're gonna have to edit that <laughs> part. <laughs> but anyways, no. Like, but you say the, no, all the stuff. Uh, in no, the- no. So that happened like earlier on in my childhood, right? So around when I was uh, ten to twelve, maybe thirteen, oh, and. Then I uh, I kind of went off into uh, other endeavors in life that teenagers of uh, Jahili backgrounds <laughs> specialize would, would, in. Specialize wow, in. You so. actually had an Australian accent. <laughs> okay. Next, you know, you guys. I, so that you. So you're 20. So how do you get into the dean then? So there was a, a brother named Muhammad Shirazi who I met at the college. Uh, he's a very strong-willed brother. He uh, said, "Hey, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> Why are you dressed like that?" Smacked me around a Wait, couple tell times. Tell him why you said that. What were you wearing? What were you wearing? I was wearing a leather jacket with chains and <laughs> black my, leather jacket with black yes, shirt. You had spikes around your neck? No, not no spikes. Uh, no, you, you had a wristband like with spikes. Right? No, Same. no, no, it's, it's not Tupac. Look. Look. No, no, look for we're it. talking <laughs> about uh, heavy metal and. The, the metal world. Yeah, yeah, Sim. I remember you mentioned in earlier podcast you're really into heavy metal music, and that was like pretty yes. crazy for me. I was like, whoa, yeah, yeah. This dude yeah, was so, like deviant. No, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm still a deviant, um, but. Let's just say he, the brother corrected me, and he said, you know what, why, why are you disinterested in the deen? He said, these uh, Muslims are unworthy of any affection, and uh, they, are, um, they have no honor for protecting their religion and their, uh, their women and their children and their, uh, their property. And he said, no, no, that's not true. There is a concept in Islam uh, about uh, Islamic governance, and he started, you know, he gave me this whole spiel about that, and uh, that started off my uh, my chapter into Islamic movements, and I kind of got into you know, a lot of different Islamic movements from there on, and then, uh, and then that's all she wrote. And then I uh, went off into learning other facets of the religion after I left that, and then that's about it. That's uh, me. So, until... Sim, you you became more practicing in your early twenties as well, then? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Okay, cool, cool. 
sort of like us, but we're sort of just wavering still, but still trying to get. Yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about your jahiliya. I think you guys, <laughs> I think you guys are more advanced than where I was at, at your age, especially times of it. Twenty one, I was in Amway. I, I didn't read the I read the Quran for the first time in English when I was nineteen years old. I just did when I was a kid. I read it in Arabic just to get the party. All right, but just to get the party. <laughs> Just to get the party. <laughs> He's talking about the Amin or the Bismillah thing. Right? The Amin oh. party. We, they, Bengalis, we don't do Bismillah. Bismillah party is the lamest party around. Yeah. Like, that's like a trophy generation it's mainly thing. for those two huge lardus. That's what it's for. <laughs> you know, like, Bismillah party, that's like, you get credit for starting something. How lame is that? <laughs> At least Amin party, you actually finish it. Like, it is yeah. encouragement. You know, yeah. have to do something. So I did add my Amin, what do you call the Amin party at like 10? We don't, Bengalis don't call it that. We, I just, my parents didn't call it that. We just. I just finished reading when I was like ten or eleven. I, I was—I remember I was knocking out like an hour of Quran a day, drinking milk at like age eleven to get that party. <laughs> and then when I got into the the dean, so what happened was I—I I, I used to, um, when I was like nineteen years old, I had a crush on this run, one random hijabi chick, and it was really oh, unusual because uh, I wasn't religious at all, right? But this girl was cute, so <laughs> and it was unusual because I was normally I was normally in the like. Um, like, oh like Gatherat. <laughs> right? That was my, like, my my, t- my taste buds were for Gatherat, not like. Gatherat is a female. Gatherat. Gatherat. So. All of a sudden. <laughs> so, anyways, this, uh, uh it, it got me. It didn't really. So, I was like, this girl's like religious. She wears hijab and stuff. Like, this is weird. Like, why do I like this girl? And then I had it, same time, I had a falling out with a friend. Um,. You know, and then all of a sudden, I had the Maulana Maududi transition to the Quran. Mashallah, Rahimullah. <laughs> Tell us more about Sheikh Maududi. Yeah, so he's the one. So I had the version where it had the the Arabic on one side and the English on one side. <laughs> yeah. So the Arabic is the one I did my katamon when I was a kid. So it kind of grew up with me. Yeah. And then, like, I took that with me when I went to college um, in Canada at the time. And I remember one night I was, like, like angry at my friend that I had the falling out with. And all of a sudden, I, had an I was bored. There's nothing going on that night. I didn't want to do homework. I just pulled it off the shelf, started reading. And I was, like, flipping through it. And I was like, man, this is some good stuff right here. This Quran is kind of dope. So, like, <laughs> I just started reading, like, a, an hour a night. And I finished the entire translation in, like, a month. Mash- of the whole Quran? Yes. Yeah. Well, Mahin, I didn't know this about you. So then, this is actually a very entertaining <laughs> story. But so now it takes a serious... So then, like, midway, I, I remember, place. like... Uh, midway through, I was like learning about forgiveness and this and that. So I just forgave my friend, and there were wow. every, all my friends back home in Ohio were like, "What is up with you?" Because I I used to be the dude that used to drop like an f bomb every two words, um, you know, That's and it was just like I was just I was out there, and so they were like, all of a sudden I get back to I went back to Ohio that summer and I was like acting different, and then around the same time I got involved in Amway, <laughs> and they were like super like evangelical Christian, um. But I like their conservatism. So, like, the, and so I started picking up a lot of their good, the Christian values, their habits, and incorporating it into myself. I didn't really have any, like, I wasn't tied in with the MSA. I went to the University of Toronto. Uh, they had a strong, in hindsight's 2020, because, like, they actually had a strong MSA, but I wasn't tied in with them. Um, and then I eventually got back into Ohio. I didn't know anything about, like, Hadith or Sunnah. Yeah. And then I met some, like, brothers. I remember 2004, I was in Columbus for a wedding. I had moved back by then, and there were some brothers from Madrasa in Toronto who were attending the wedding. Actually, one of them is uh, Sheikh Hamza Meter, who's like 
well known. He comes to Chicago now. At the time, he was just a madrasa student in the like Alam program, and I just saw these cool dudes wearing turbans. They were too young to even have beards yet. They were just ba- the strings were growing out of their face. Aww, that's cute. And, and then like I asked him a little bit, and then I meet his brothers, and I got involved in like Al Maghrib, and then like six months later, I was uh, Madkhali. <laughs> yeah, you turned your back on Sheikh Modudi, and you went to the Madkhali phase. Yeah. And that's um, pretty much how that's kind of like my trend. But when I was 21, I was actually doing Amway. I was at the time I was conscious of Dean, but I didn't know anything. I'd read the Quran at that point. I didn't know anything about. Had- I was kind of like I read the Quran, but I was like, what else? What do I do next? Yeah, right. Mashallah. That's pretty impressive. Did you ever debate? Like, did you ever have any conflicts with uh, atheistic beliefs or ideas when you were younger? Not really, because I, I I had I had an atheistic. I had a uh, a friend in college, a Sri Lankan dude, um, at U at University of Toronto. Who was atheist? Yeah, but his reasoning for being atheist—it wasn't like an intellectual one. She's like, "Oh, sh- show me God," and it was like really simplistic. <laughs> show him to me if he's there. Bring him, and it was more like, "I, w- I want to be atheist because I don't want any rules. I, w- I, w- I, w- I, w- I want to smash as many chicks as I want, yeah. and I don't want any repercussions. Yeah. So therefore, that's why I'm an atheist." Right, right. And it wasn't it, it, so. It wasn't like a deep atheistic argument. I didn't know um, anything about like. <laughs> Like you know, I, I I was a crazy guy in Canada too because yeah. the, the the first time I met a gay person in Toronto, yeah. uh, he lived in my dorm. So every time he was around, I always say I made sure I said F- get really loud. And oh man, and you know just just to like see what he would do, and he did nothing. Oh man, you're evil. Stuff for Allah. You shouldn't be Jake, oppressing guys. Um, like our battery is about to die. Oh, oh no, bloody hellfire. <laughs> Yeah, because usually uh, we last the entire podcast with it, but for some reasons, just run dry. No, I, I, I last pretty long usually too. Oh my god! <laughs> I, did it just okay. die? It's... All right, well there you have it. That was Boys in the Cave, and we acquired them, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Well, uh, they're talk... saying it with their smirks. There is no acquiring. We've joined hands. We joined hands. They're, they're, they got some good content, though. Yeah, young out. blood coming in. Uh, you know, the Sheikh Amr will be joining them on their show, and uh, we'll be doing some, you know, collaboration here and there. Hopefully, they can put us in touch with the, any Australian luminaries. And uh, yeah, I, I learned that term from uh, some uh, other luminaries. All right. There he goes. That's them. That's them. They hung they're, up. They're trying to get back, but it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll communicate them on WhatsApp, and we will. Oh, there we go. We'll, we'll just say salam come to them. All right. We'll look at them. Hey, and we're back. Assalamualaikum, <laughs> bruvs. Yeah, we're back. Did you float? Did you find the flotation device, bruvs? Guys, uh, yeah, I've just got my final 5% left. Do you want us to switch to Tanzim's laptop? So no, we, just we, it off? we actually or... just wrapped it up. We actually no, just need we'll, the wrap-up. Well, we'll, 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 we'll just wrap it up formally. Uh, do, do you want us to say, we'll just that. say, like, like that. <laughs> now I just feel scripted. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was really nice to hear all your stories. And next time, inshallah, you guys can hear ours because there's a lot more to it, like a lot more juice in our stories. Of course. Uh, quick question for you two. Uh, do you guys actually like Bengali food? Because I can't stand it. Yeah, Bro, it's pretty similar to the rest of the Desi food is like curry and rice. I, I really like it. I, I really like uh, Ilish much. No, yeah, I, ew, I actually like Pakistani food, personally. Bro, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, he just come in. <laughs> what a trade-off, bro. <laughs> I, actually, the, if you think about it, uh, Bangladesh was a Karajite nation because they rebelled against the, 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 the Islamic ruler. Of course. Bro, oh, did he? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys, like, bro, Josh will smash you on that point, bro. He's well versed. Is it? On, like the history and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to make him angry, ass. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You think I'm running out of charge. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's all good. But um, yeah, thank you so much for having us today, guys. It was really nice. No, man, thank you just for- Just being able to hear uh, from your end. Yeah, I, everything. Man, thank you so much for those words, man. You know, it, it helped me realize responsibility. If we, if we are your inspiration- uh, I really y'all got to, problems. I really have to straighten my <laughs> act up, you know, to be honest with you. So it's a reminder, man. Just like a little head on for uh, talking. Yeah, and check. I mean, what you just said about the naming and everything, like, like for you guys, the Mad Mum looks make so much sense because you guys are mad definitely about certain things, mm-hmm. and for us as well, boys in the cave, just sort of <laughs> brothers, sort of trying to find like sort of like a safe space from like all these issues in society and discuss them, that sort of thing. So it definitely rings true. Yeah, man. And I was just saying that just by the way, my uncle actually was a freedom fighter. So my cha-cha. Oh, really? Sasa, sasa. <laughs> cha-cha. My, my uh, dad's youngest brother was a freedom fighter. So he probably, right, he probably right. castrate me if I uh, explain. <laughs> First of all, I'd explain what a karajite was. Sasa foot, sasa foot. <laughs> kaka. Actually, they call me kaka. Kaka bhaloshish. Kaka bhaloshish. James bhaloshish. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, uh, we appreciate Tanzim and Josh from Boys in the Cave for uh, do you know coming on the show today? We woke them up. It's early over there. Um, I interrupted their set. Said they were doing Salatul Doha, and we made them get on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> we had to like cut us a lot short. We were gonna do a massive story, but we're just like no. All right. So for our <laughs> listeners out there, if you have questions or comments, you can email us at themadnamlukes at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It was a five star review. You probably have noticed that uh, Instagram posting has accelerated so follow us there we're actually posting stuff and we actually put out a facebook live uh i guess i don't know when the show's going to release but we'll be putting more of that stuff out there so engage with us there we're trying to get more content to you in different avenues and we'll be at isna i don't know if this show will come out before isna but we'll be at Isna in houston if y'all are there all right uh so jazakallah khair and um sheikh amr for on behalf of sheikh amr saeed and sim this is mahin signing off assalamu alaikum Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh